Amen, amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this morning, I want to go to the third chapter of the book of Romans. I want to go to the 21st verse. And we're going to be, we're going to begin our reading at the 21st verse, all the way down to the 26th verse. Romans chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at the 21st to the 26th verse. We're going to be looking at it from the King James Version of the Bible. Romans chapter 3, verse number two, verse numbers 26, verse numbers 21 to 26. And it reads like this. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Amen. being justified by freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier which believeth in Jesus. Let's bow for the word of prayer. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, just asking you, Lord, to be with us during this time we're going to have in your word. I pray, Lord, that you will speak through me, that you will allow me to speak what only your word says. And I pray, Lord, that you will help me be faithful and be clear in what your word has said and to preach your word faithfully today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, I want to talk, talk with us <coughs> about the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. If I could put this sermon in one sentence, it would be simply this. God justifies us by faith alone. God justifies us by faith alone. First, I want us to look at God's righteousness is manifested. And we see that in verse number 21. And Paul says it just like this, very definitively. He says, but now the righteousness of God is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. When it comes to the law, the law cannot make us righteous. See, there are cults out there today that will tell you, like many many of our black religions, that will tell you, well, you have to follow the law, statutes, and commandments, and, that, and that's what makes you righteous. But actually, the Bible teaches the contrary. All right. The Bible says that it is God who justifies us, and he makes us righteous through faith. So, it's rather, rather that the law was... The purpose of the law was for men and women to realize, men and women, boys and girls, to realize they are unrighteous, that they are sinners, which is what we're going to be alluding to within the next few minutes, about how men will see that, men and women will see that they are unrighteous because of what the law has said. And when we look at the standard of God's law, we look at our lives, we say, okay, we don't measure up, so we need somebody to stand in our place, and that person is Jesus Christ, which I'll be alluding to later on. And let's look at the words of Jesus and what he says um, about Moses. And he says in John chapter 5, verse number 46, he says, For if you have believed Moses, and he's talking to the Pharisees, he said, If you have believed Moses, you will have believed me, for he wrote of me. And, the, and what Jesus is saying there is that because of the fact that Moses has testified of who Jesus would be, Jesus came as the um as what was prophesied in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 
when they said there would be a prophet like unto Moses, and that he would come, he would, and he would, and he would proclaim the word of God, and he would, and he would be that he would be that prophet like unto Moses, and that's what Je that's what exactly what Jesus is saying here, is that Moses wrote of me, and the entire Old Testament was, it points directly to Jesus Christ. And as a matter of fact, the Scripture tells us that you search the Scriptures for in them you think you find eternal life, but in them they speak of me. And also what Paul is, is emphasizing also is that is that God has made a way to make unrighteous people righteous, and that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that, that that's the entire purpose of what this, this entire passage is talking about, is that, yes, that you are unrighteous, yes, that there is none righteous, no, not one, but there is hope beyond all of that. Amen. You can find hope and you can find Joy in knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. The next thing I want to talk about is God's righteousness is through faith. God's righteousness is through faith. Paul writes additionally about the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. This statement refers to God saying that... To God saving every person from every nation who will trust in Him, and that and, and this throws racism right out the window because God is not a racist God. God does not look at one um, portion of one race and say, "Well, this race is better than another." He doesn't do that. God does not. God does not look at people like that. God looks at everyone the same. And he says, "All men are sinners. All men are lost," and He wants to save every person that will come to Him. That will simply come to Him in repentance and in faith. Paul further shows us that salvation is not by keeping the laws of the Old Testament, but by trusting in Christ for salvation. Now, I want to pause for a moment here and say something, because I, I don't want to be accused of being someone who, was, who would say that the law does no longer matters to the Christian life. The law, the, the law gives us the blueprint to say that, okay, this is what we, that's how we know what sin is, this is what, how we know that we're going in the wrong direction. And that the and that we as Christians we do live by a standard. It's called the law of Christ. Now, because we are under a new covenant, we're under new commandments. And there are over there were over six hundred and thirteen laws of laws of Moses. But if you look in the New Testament, there are actually over a thousand laws of Christ. And but you put all those thousands of laws, you can just put into one simple statement. On um, when Jesus was talking to that um, lawyer, and he said. Okay, what is the greatest what is the greatest commandment? To love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that is simply what Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to love God and to love our neighbor. Now, yes, we understand we get that from the Old Testament as well, but that is simply what God calls us to do, is to love God and to love our neighbor. Now we talk about like bearing one of those burdens bearing one of those burdens, confessing our sins to one another, that we might be healed. All those things are wrapped up in that loving one another and, and loving God as our and loving our neighbor as ourselves. To illustrate this point forward in Acts chapter three, verse number sixteen, it says this: "And his name through faith made him strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him that he have given that, that have given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all." This is referring to. When the disciples went out to that road and they saw that 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 beggar, 
And he says, silver and gold have I not, but what I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And this is the statement that Peter, I believe, makes. And he says that that it is Jesus' name through faith that made this man get up and walk. It wasn't anything that we did. It was Jesus' name that, got, that called this man to get up and walk. The next thing I want to talk about is how God's righteousness gives justification for all who believe. God's righteousness gives justification for all who believe. Paul writes once more, for, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Paul begins this verse with the foundational truth that men are sinners. And I want to pause for just a moment and talk about um, when I was at, when, I remember going to vacation Bible school at at um, Bible Baptist Church over in Hampton, Georgia. Um, it, it's a very nice, loving people. And they told us on this specific verse, verse, Romans 3, verse number 23. I remember that being in the 6th and 7th and 8th grade and hearing this verse continuously and they were drilling into us that just because you go to church, just because you go to this, just because you go to this vacation Bible school, does not mean that you're a Christian. What makes you a what makes you a Christian is trusting in Jesus Christ. But he also, the the preacher always also emphasized that we we have broken God's law, and that if you look at the God standard, which was the Ten Commandments, and you look at all of those different things, we can quite frankly see that we all are sinners, and that we all have lied. We all have stolen. We all have dishonored our parents at one point or another. We all have done things which are wrong in the sight of God. And that deserve and we deserve death. But Jesus came in our place that way we wouldn't have to do that. We wouldn't have to die. He came Jesus came in our place so that way he could die in our place and, and, and live the life that we could not live, which was a perfect life. Because I, I heard a popular podcast person say at one point, he said, Well Jesus is the person with the least sin and I said Wait a minute. Jesus is not the person with the least sin. He like the Bible says that he who knew no sin became um became sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God in him. So when we hear popular figures um albeit say that hey, you know, Jesus is the person with the least sin or Jesus is just a historical figure, he's the person that walked the earth, he's a great person, but we can't really find salvation in him. Don't don't believe the lies of our culture today. <laughs> Trust in Jesus for for salvation and, and and look in the scriptures. Look look at what look at what His Word has said. Look at look at read the Bible and look at what Jesus has said, and then <clears throat> um and then assess the culture according to the Word of God, not according to what the culture has said, not according to what the culture has said, but look at what the Bible has said. Also, we see that Paul, when Paul says that we have sinned, it literally means that we have missed the mark. Now, remind also of 1 John 3 and 4, which tells us that sin is for sin, it's the transgression of the law. That like It tells us that, it's like what we were reading before, that we would not know what sin was apart from the law. God's law, the Ten Commandments, which condemns us all because we all, as I said before, have put something before God. We've all said we've all put something before God, whether it's been our job, our success, our happiness. Because because sometimes we'll say, well, God just want to be happy, and if we're not careful, happiness can become an idol. Um, Amen. 
And if we're not and if we're not careful, also our jobs can also become an idol as well. We have all put something before God. Um, we have lied. Like I can't tell you how many lies you've told in your life, but you know how many you can, you and I don't know necessarily how many lies we told. But we well, we have all lied. We have all done. Something, we've all said something that we should not have said to somebody. We all have cheated. We all have coveted to covet after something and. I know that's, an, that's a King James Version word, but to covet literally means to, to, to want something that you that is not yours. We have all wanted something that's not ours. Dishonored our parents. Now, dishonoring your parents can be in like a different forms in different ways, but um, there's a blessing attached to it if you do honor your parents, and it's that you will live long on the earth. And what, what um, Moses was saying in that verse was that when you honor your parents, like there, like there's a blessing attached to that. But also, when you dishonor your parents, there's, like, there, like there are consequences when it came to that. And we have all taken the Lord's name in vain. Now, the, taking the Lord's name in vain is more than just um, saying a curse word or anything like that. It's actually like doing things in your heart that you know that are wrong, and attaching the Lord's name to it and saying, well, you know, the Lord's put his stamp on this, so therefore, I'm doing this in his name. When you're actually taking his name in vain, when you're doing things that are wrong. To make this more clear, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse number 20, um, reads like this. It says, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. So what, Sol when Solomon, what Solomon is saying there, he is saying that you and I, Cannot sit up there and say to God that we are right and that we have everything together. No, no, no. That's what the, the Bible is telling us very clearly, that we are sinners. That is the entire point of this entire passage to tell us, yes, that we're sinners, but there is also hope. And on in the next verse, Paul gives us words of hope. And, and instead of just leaving us hopeless, he just he says this. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you why this verse is encouraging to me. It's cause it, it, it tells me that although, that even though I was a sinner, and that even though that I have done things that are wrong, that I can be saved from the power and the penalty of my sin. And I, and I can be justified by faith alone. So, and that is something for for you if, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ for your salvation. My dear friend, you can be saved today by simply trusting in Jesus Christ. Simply trusting in him. Let's look at um Titus chapter three, verses five through seven. And it says and it reads like this Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us, by the washing of regeneration of the Holy Ghost which he shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And what Paul is saying there is that we are not saved by what we have done, but we are saved by what Christ has done for us. And what he's saying is that when we have been changed by the Holy Spirit, we have been changed by the Holy Spirit, and that his blood has been um, attached to like like his 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 righteousness has been imputed to our account that we no longer have to go to a to a um to the to the um holy of holies and and um present a animal sacrifice anymore 
we have we can we have a perfect and sufficient sacrifice in Jesus Christ. And next, I want to talk about, and finally, I want to talk about God declares His righteousness through the cross of Jesus Christ. God declares His righteousness through the cross of Jesus Christ. And finally, Paul gives us the gives us words concerning the atonement that Jesus provides for those who will trust in Him for the salvation of their souls and also for the world as well. He says this. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare the righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this at, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be the just, that may, he may be just and the justifier of, 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 of which believe in Jesus, believeth in Jesus, rather. God justifies you and I through faith alone in what Jesus did for us on the cross. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 14 through 22, explains it like this. How much more will shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Son of God, the, the eternal Spirit of God, rather, the eternal Spirit, rather, of offered himself without, without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by the mean, by, by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they were they which called might be might receive the promise of eternal life. For where a testament is, there also must be the necessity of the death of the testator. For a testament is a force is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all by the tester, by the tester living, whereupon the first test of testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every free, every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and, and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled it upon the book and all the people, saying, "This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you." Moreover, he has sprinkled the blood. He has sprinkled the blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry, of the ministry. And all things are, and all things are by are, are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of, the, of blood is no remission. So what, um, the writer of Hebrews is saying here is that there has to be there had to be a sacrifice in order for. In order for God to forgive us, there had to be a sacrifice, and that sacrifice had to be all sufficient. Although these 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 bulls and these goats, they they they, they did well, but they only did well for a certain amount of time. If you read the scriptures, but we needed an all sufficient sacrifice, and that's why Jesus had to come, and He had to come and He had to die for us, and He was the all sufficient sacrifice. We no longer have to sacrifice animals. We no longer have to sacrifice any other thing, but we, we to be forgiven by God. We can freely trust in Jesus for our salvation. And and that is the simple message of the gospel that we don't have to um we don't we're not saved by our works. We are saved simply by trusting in Jesus Christ. And our hope should be firmly in Christ and what He has done for us. Um, this morning I want to close with the words of the songwriter 
It's the song called In Christ Alone. This and it reads like this. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striding cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. That's not my favorite part of the song. He says, there in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost his grip on me. For I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. And what the songwriter is saying there is that the resurrection, it bought, it, it bought our salvation. That the that that's the sick that the signifying mark of what Jesus has done for us. That when he got that he that he didn't just die, but he got from the grave. And that is the hope of the believer. And he ends the song with this. He says, No guilt in life and no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life from life's first cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Lord, we thank you for your word. And thank you for the power of your gospel. And Lord, we pray that those who have heard your word today, I pray, Lord, that those who are going to hear this word, I pray that you, whether they're believers or non-believers, that they will understand that Jesus has come to save sinners. And I pray, Lord, that those who have not trusted in Jesus Christ today, I pray that they will hear this message and that they will be convicted of their sin and they will trust in you as the only hope for their salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray all these things. Amen. 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 Amen.